Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to the weekly movie show with the boys Connor. Hello. And Karen. Hello everybody. We're la- we are lack of <laughs> Benny this week. Yeah. And Karen is here filling in. Howdy dudes. <laughs> That's like my... Wow. That's your... Can that be my one? <laughs> Howdy dudes. Howdy you're dudes. Off. Yeah. You're on the podcast. <laughs> guys, hey. <laughs> um... Like, you went back to cross your arms as some kind of like, there, I've done it. <laughs> well, yeah, thanks for being here, man. We've got plenty to talk about this week. We've got an official runtime for Infinity War. John Favreau is heading to the Star Wars universe and a little bit of an Oscars recap. But before we get into the news, what the hell has everyone been, what the hell has everyone been <laughs> watching? True. Well, Karen, you're the guest. Do you want to go first this time? Um, I was actually going to suggest that you go first because I'm quickly trying to remember what I've been watching. Okay. <laughs> All right, if you insist. Um, so I watched a couple of things. Uh, one of the things was Guardians of the Galaxy 2. So last week I talked about watching the first one and how the magic had kind of faded from that due to the, it not being quite as novel anymore. Um, I had a bit of the opposite effect with Guardians 2. I actually think I enjoyed it a little bit more this time than I did uh, the first time. That's good to hear. Yeah, and it was a bit weird because I, I was, you know, a bit iffy on it the first time I watched it, just because I felt like it, it was retreading tracks a little bit too much. And it obviously was. There was a lot of the humor that felt very forced. But um, I don't know. I just had some shining moments with this one, particularly Drax. I really loved in this. He's so good, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, I still really loved Baby Groot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought that was, I mean, a lot of people said that that gag was overused, but I, I don't see it. I think it's funny every time. <laughs> um, music is still on point. Um, I had a good look at the visual effects. I I kind of get what people were saying, but in the light of some of the more recent MCU films, I don't actually think it was that bad. What what have you heard there, sorry? So George and Ben in particular have, have made some comments about how the Planet Ego and all that looked really shoddy, uh, particularly with the green screen. Not and, the greatest composite job I've ever seen. But I, yeah. I, to be honest... It's serviceable. Com- yeah, and compared to, I think, um, some of the stuff in Black Panther and uh, Thor Ragnarok, I think it's it's pretty good, actually. You know, I'm not, I'm not disappointed with it at all. So that didn't really bring it down. And I thought it actually had more of an emotional tug than the first one. I'm with you on that one. I actually remember during our review, I, I liked it more than Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Yeah. It seemed to just be a better package. But I thought that everyone sort of liked one more because it was the first. Well, it was and- more novel. It was more kind of groundbreaking. And, and I think that the first one is still a really solid movie. But I think that the magic that I attributed to it wasn't there when I rewatched it. Just because... I mean, it, it's not novel anymore. When I rewatched the first one, I thought I was I was sort of the opposite. I was like, man, this is so solid. Yeah. Like after I'd had a, I don't know, six months, a year from seeing it, remember rewatching it with a friend who hadn't watched it before and I was just like, fuck, this is such a solid unit of a movie. Like, mm. And then watching the second one when it came out, I was like, um, wasn't into it that much. But when I went back a second time and just chilled out a little bit and like stopped trying to force it to be good so much in my mind it was like i still don't think its story um was as good or it's like as tight as the first one but i definitely think the emotional um yeah hit points that it hits were so powerful like there was some really touching emotional stuff in there i think so. I, I especially thought between like um peter quill and um yondu, yondu yeah I was like, yeah 
the two destroyed well. me, man. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, Rocket. I, I have a real problem with um, Rocket in the sense that I feel like um, Bradley Cooper does a very forced voice. I don't think it sounds natural at all. Oh really? Yeah, it's 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 been a bit of a uh, it's not a big criticism, but I find that the emotional connection just kind of gets a little bit dulled by that. He doesn't sound anything like Bradley Cooper. Yeah, that's what I reckon too. Yeah, he just sounds like Rocket Raccoon. And yeah, I kind of love that. Yeah, and and that's there's fair. some he's down in that. And this one from you know I'd I'd have to rewatch it again, but I remember just some really low points to that character. Yeah. That, um, well, it they, worked. It really yeah. worked. Yeah. There's a beautiful mirroring between uh, Rocket and uh, Yondu, and so yeah, I think that the emotional yeah. hit points between Yondu and Peter, and also the two sisters, um, mm. are, are really good points. I mean, that yeah. last hug between Gamora and um, oh, what's her name, the blue one? Oh, Nebula. Nebula. Yes. That, I remember that last, the, I remember yeah. the name. Yeah. <laughs> that last little hug, um, kind of moment was really like I was like, oh, that's that's pretty solid. That, so yeah, watch Stevens' funeral scene. Oh, fuck me, man! And that—that that was when I was like that funeral scene where was where it kind of hit me. I was like, okay, this has the emotional tug that the first yeah, day. Yeah, really went like deep on that. Yeah, that father and son track. Oh, that yeah. killed me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, watch Guardians two. Um. Also watched Rango. Oh man! Oh what hell a yeah! Film. That film never ceases to blow me away. Yeah, I'm with Golf you on Binsky, that, man. man. Fucking beautiful film. Oh, like oddly beautiful. Yeah, some of those set pieces, like the like in sunsets on, and yeah, and, him walking through the desert. Oh, and the one in the canyon like, with the, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the the tons of bats, moles, the moles and the bats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, look, there's so Insane. much about this film that just just doesn't make sense in terms of it's so good, and I don't understand how it's so good. Like for those who don't know, Rango's uh, like what was it 2012, animated? 2010 that came out. That. Yeah, uh, animated film with Johnny Depp. Um, playing a chameleon, a chameleon, yeah, yeah. with an identity crisis, yeah. and it's an it's an animated film, obviously, mm. and it's very, very meta, very well put together. It's, it's meta without being too kind of up itself. It's um, so uh, western cowboy homage sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, really, t- really cool film. Timothy Oliphant as um, oh, dude. Yeah, Spirit the of the West, best, the oh. best fucking uh, cameo sort of you know ever. Yeah, so I, yeah, I thought that that was. Uh, yeah, it's just a solid film. Yeah. It looks gorgeous. The story is really great. I love the the humor of it. Some great um uh, references to uh spaghetti westerns mm. and yeah. uh you know, really it, it it really feels like a western that film, yeah. an animated western. Yeah, yeah I rewatched that like, maybe last year and it's a really adult film. Like it's animated, but none of the themes really are But you can get a kid could watch it. Like yeah. it's not an adult film in in the sense that it's you inappropriate, know, inappropriate kids, yeah. but it definitely feels like it's written for adults. Yeah, and there's a lot is. of variety in the character designs to keep a kid visually engaged. Yeah, mm. and there's some of the gags that are, are very much for gig, yeah. uh, for kids. Yeah, mm. yeah. Nice man. How about you, Kieran? Uh, the last thing I watched was uh, Lady Bird. Actually, okay. Yeah, um, really solid film. I thought that was just at the cinema the other day. Um, yeah, so good. Have you, do you guys see that? Uh, I haven't. I've missed it. Ben's seen it. Um, what's the sort of Catholic school drama? Uh, it's kind of like a coming of age. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Everyone that has talked about Lady Bird has described it as like, oh, it's just this coming of age. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the general sort of vibe of it. But it, um, I thought it was, it, I actually probably think it's my favorite um, film of this year so far. I think it's that the best anyways that i've seen so far 
Um, Why do you think that? Just really, really solid filmmaking, and also like okay, and it, so it's like it's hard to describe, but it it really hits a lot of. Um, I guess it's pretty brave filmmaking. Like she goes and does a coming of age film, which is a thing in and of itself that you could just do well and get away with. But like she, she uses all the characters so well to hit like mm. all these different commentaries that she doesn't need to do. And they're risky moves. They're tricky subjects. And she hits them so well. It's so funny. It's really touching. It's sad. The acting's great. Like it, it can feel a little bit like Oscar bait. Did it? Did it feel like that when watching it? Nah, not at all. To be honest, it kind of was like felt very genuine. Had, yeah, felt very genuine. I wouldn't call it like an indie flick, like a Juno film, because I think it's much, much better than that. But it wasn't. Didn't have that Oscar bait sheen to it. Yeah. Um, and just really interesting treatment of a lot of stuff. You know, like. So just as a quick example, like her relationship with her parents, sort of like good cop, bad cop with her mum and dad, you know, and that could be a thing. But then the dad also has, uh, you know, a depression. And it's like, that's a big subject to tackle, but they do it with such grace and ease and it slips in and, and it makes it yeah. makes an interesting point about depression. And then as well, he's used um, to discuss like, um, like contemporary work um, struggles for older people. So he's trying to get the same job and his son's applying for it too. And it's like, man, so many, so many little comments, but they don't feel light or skimmed over. You just get this really beautiful sort of like tapestry of this, this, this girl's life. And very like, cool. Yeah. I was really impressed. Okay. Really impressed. You're selling it to me, selling it to me, man. Sure, it to me. Selling it to me. <laughs> God. Yeah. Can so I talk today, please. Yeah. George. Um, I watched uh, Red Sparrow this week, and uh, we'll have our review up right now, right now, right now. Um, Oof. but I didn't. Uh, you like that? <laughs> <laughs> um, Good Jesus, Kieran. Um, in terms of, I don't think I watched anything else this week. Um, but I watched a really cool <clears throat> um YouTube video by the Hollywood Reporter. Um, it's a full writers' roundtable. So it had um, Jordan Peele, Darren Aronofsky, um, Aaron Sorkin, amongst others. Nice. And it's just an hour-long conversation. Wow. Um, and, it's, and it's purely based on writing. You know, it's not about all the other components of um, the filmmaking process. And it was just fascinating to hear these people's take on uh, um, writing and, and talking about um, conflict and, and drama, you know, how to build drama, the writing process, you know, some of the guys are talking about, you know, they, they just do a whole pass of it and then go back to the beginning, write the film again and just refine it over and over again, like, like a fine tooth comb. And then others, um, you know, just everyone has their own take, their own style. Uh, so it's just a really fantastic, um, uh, video and a highly, you know, if you're into that kind of stuff and into those other parts of filmmaking, highly, highly recommend it. Darren Aronofsky as well. He seems like uh, he's he did Mother last year, um, and you know he did Requiem for a Dream and many other quirky films. But he seems to have he fascinates me. Um, there's something about him. He seems very awkward, and um, he's just an interesting character. Um, yeah, he mm. definitely seems like a weird dude from yeah. his movies. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a dark, weird genius. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, Should good stuff, get, dudes. Get into the news. Let's do it. 
All right, let's do it. Our first up on our slate is we have some Avengers Infinity War updates. So just a few, just a few. First one is the official running time. Uh, we have is it 156 minutes, and it will be the longest movie to date um, in the world. <laughs> in the MCU, uh, not overly surprising. In the MC world, yeah. <laughs> I, well, that's pretty much all the movies that come out now, right? Yeah. There are no other movies. So two hours thirty six minutes. That's a solid, uh, I mean, solid runtime. That is a serious film, particularly considering that this story is taking place over two films. Um, if the second film is is as long, that's a serious kind of overall runtime. Mm. Yeah, I mean, do you think the do you think Inf- uh, Infinity War four or what is it? Avengers four. Avengers four. Avengers yeah. four. Do you think that will be longer than this one? Oh, it. I guess it depends. Like, there's yeah. no way for us to tell without having seen this one first. Um, it it it's an interesting kind of thing to think about, though, because they've. It's no longer Infinity War two. It's now Avengers four. So it, it, I'll, I'll be interested to see how they, um, I guess, kind of use that gap in between. Is that going to be something that's a little bit more definite that they had originally planned? How are they going to like wrap the first one up so that it feels like a movie on its own without saying, you know, wait for part two, mm, but um, still have that, you know, you know, it's it's going into the next one. It's got yeah. that sort of jet propulsion. Yeah. Yeah. See when when they changed it from Infinity Part One and Two, I was like, Oh, does this mean that like um Avengers four is now completely unrelated to like Infinity War? And I was like, does that mean they're gonna introduce Thanos and have him defeated in literally one movie? Wow. Can you imagine that? And I was like, that's the biggest <laughs> letdown. But now yeah. I mean then someone was like, Oh, I think it's just he'll be around yeah. still. I think that I don't think that they can feasibly do that i mean he, he's been so around either. for more than one movie like it, it's just kind of been building up i think but, everyone's um, hungry for thanos yeah you know we've been waiting yeah. around a long time for this yeah. guy and we want to see what he's capable i'm of. very interested to see how they're going to go with this character because he just seems like the archetype bad guy and um that concerns me you know with coming off the coattails of of um black panther which had such a an interesting and rich you know villain i think that that will feel a bit it'll be a little bit more under the spotlight how they deal with that so i hope they do well with that Mm. um on a side note i had a really terrifying thought the other day which is we're just kind of assuming that at the very least this is going to be a good film not even great or spectacular but at the very least it's going to be a good film that we're going to enjoy can you imagine getting in there and having like a just a train wreck well, having like a, a Justice League style style train wreck, not even just a train wreck, but like a Justice League style train wreck. <laughs> that and and the reason I thought about that is because there's so much ambition with this, and there is like this is not nothing like this has been attempted. This because we were talking about with um, Black Panther, one of the reasons that some of the composite jobs apparently weren't as good is because everyone in that industry is working on this. Yeah, so they are like one production oh. company, Digital Domain, <laughs> is purely looking after That's awesome. Thanos himself. So just if, one character, a whole, a whole good that, visual effects company. If that is the level of ambition that they are going for just for the special effects, and that has nothing to do with the writing that's going to have to somehow include like 30-some heroes at one point in one scene, that's, that's usually ambitious. That shit. Yeah. That's, and I mean, like that is the perfect setup for a Justice League-style fuck up and i and and it it dawned on me that it's not just 
we, we, we have such a confidence in Marvel at this point to at least turn out something that is good, if not great, that if this turns out to be, I can't even, I can't even, yeah, it won't, the actual it won't thought that might happen. Because um, at least with Marvel, the groundwork's there. I mean, the real issue with uh, Justice League is there was no groundwork. It was like, who are these fucking people and why do I care, you know? But I mean, they, they attempted to make four, four heroes somewhat interesting. What is it? Justice League is four or five? Yeah. Four? But that's the thing. They were trying to make them interesting at that time. It was like, okay, the clock's ticking on the Justice like, League movie. At least, like, you could have someone like Tony Stark walk on screen, not do anything or say anything, and we can all look at him and think of all the great times we've had with him. And yeah. it's like, yeah, it's this, this is good already. It's so much. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It won't, I, admittedly, it won't that's be the same true. kind of train wreck, but yeah. I, like, of that. Of that magnitude, I yeah. mean, yeah. What we'll if see. it doesn't we'll deliver? Yeah. What yeah. if the Infinity yeah. War doesn't what if, deliver? You know, what if they they just don't get the right story? What if they make Thanos really generic? What if the Marvel's the characters been on are... a roll? You know, we've seen with Pixar when <laughs> Up came out. I remember Pixar was like, "You guys cannot do anything wrong." You know, they had hmm. just the 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 dream run, the dream run, and Marvel's kind of on that at that point as well. What if this? is the point where they stumble. What if this is the point yeah. where things start to fall apart? Where they, they reach too far. Tear them apart. Very much the Icarus story of reaching, you know, flying too close to the sun. Like, this is insane. Name me one other film that has attempted something like this. In, in, in you know, in size, in, in grandeur, in expectation. Justice League. <laughs> if, yeah, if there were 17 films in the DCEU, maybe. Yeah, there's nothing. Anyway, sorry to, to I just I, I need I needed to yeah. like get that out because no, it's a good point, man. Yeah, I was driving and I was just like that hit me and I was like, "Fuck!" Feeling the fear. Yeah. So um, we have uh, our, our next little piece of news around the Infinity War is that we have new um, EW or Entertainment Weekly covers um, with all the different characters. Um, not much there, like some interesting, um, you know, combinations and yeah, the and, pairings. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, so like Thor and Groot and um, Rocket in one, um, you know, Doctor Strange on his own, Hulk on his own, um, uh, Star Lord and the um, Christ, what's the group called? Maja, show me Maja Reem, Maja something or other. Black Panther's guard. Oh yeah, um, or is that? I... Yeah. Anyways, there's some interesting pairings. Um, I don't know if that means anything. But it's interesting. It's it's interesting to see those characters next to each other. Um, I love and the Iron Man suit. The Iron Man suit is really interesting. It looks like an anime. I haven't seen uh, this article. It's it's just the the different covers. Yeah. Um, you know, Winter Soldier and and um, that that weird antenna. The White wolf. wolf. Yeah. <laughs> is that so? Is he the White Wolf now? I think that's his new code name. Yeah. Oh, it's no man. longer the Winter Soldier. Um, Iron Man's got like a Ant Man thing happening. He looks. Don't you think he looks like an anime with the big? Oh, um, wow. <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> the, uh, He looks almost like a Gundam. I feel with the big wings coming out of his back. Okay. Yeah. What's that Gundam? It's like a mecha uh, anime mecha kind oh, okay. of show. <clears throat> Remind me of that bad dude from Ant Man with those little. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the yeah. first thing I thought as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Um. Look, they're uh, they're fairly interesting little um, pieces. Um, another tease, another tease for this. Film. Yeah, the marketing is on point with this. I mean, they've moved up a week. They're you know they're ready to go. Kick it into gear. It's 
trying to get the MCU into the public consciousness, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Guys, we've got this great new film coming out. You all have to get on board. It's called Affinity War. <laughs> yeah. So it, that, that's interesting. Um, our last little piece of news when it comes to Infinity War is a, a statement by Josh Brolin, who said that Thanos is a Quasimodo with the capacity to love. Now, that's relatively interesting because the backstory to Thanos is that he's doing all of this for love, yeah. you know, in the comics, because yeah. he loves um, death, which is um, a woman. And uh, I think as the MCU does quite liberally, they're going to take that source material and turn it into something different. Mm. Um, and uh, I'm very excited to see what they do with Thanos. As I said before, you know, we've been waiting to hear a bit more about this guy for so long. And yeah. uh, I'm just really keen to get stuck into this. And, and if jo- what Josh Bolin has said, um, you know, adding a few more layers to this character, uh, it sounds, you know, I'm really intrigued about where they go. Mm. Yeah. I've actually um, always liked Thanos's parts, especially in um, Guardians of the Galaxy when he's having that little meeting with Ronan. Yeah. He's like, you have the demeanor of a small child. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. this guy's funny. Like, I always have found him to be funny sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and his part in the trailer where he's talking about fun and putting a smile on his face, I was like, this is cool. I yeah. like his yeah. style. Like, he's not necessarily like tough, mean, cool, bad guy. It's like, he's just a dude on a mission sort of thing. Yeah. And I... This kind of quote makes me think that that it, he might not be just that generic bad guy, the big bad cool guy. I don't think so. Like that kind of, um, if they're able to make the audience feel for this character, at least have some affinity with him, or you know, just Get it? In, affinity, <laughs> um, <laughs> affinity wars. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it it gives me a bit of hope for this film. Not, not that I don't have hope for this. Stuff. <laughs> it makes it sound like it's like you know down on its hope. luck, and I, I, I might give it a shot. No, it's. I might check it out. Would you? Week. Would you not see Infinity Wars for five thousand dollars? What do you mean? If someone said, "I'll pay you five thousand bucks, but you're not ever allowed to watch oh, Infinity no. War," would you I'll take watch it? Infinity War. Yeah, Infinity I think I'd have to War. watch Infinity yeah. War. What about ten? Uh, no, we're not playing this game. We're not doing that. It's not uh, ten grand not, straight up. It is Don't not a productive War. conversation. Nah, I'm watching Infinity War. <laughs> when we're talking like yeah, you know, like yeah. in the six figure realm, that's when I'm like, oh yeah, yeah fuck Infinity War. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that's my stance. Yeah. Um. All right. Our next piece of news is an Oscars recap. Um. Just kind of some it's yay nays. Fun. Brief little what we thought. Um, first of all, best picture, Shape of Water, and uh, and best director. Hell yeah! Uh, so whoever put this on the the screen notes uh, said best director was Shape of Water as well. It's Guillermo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> he, he changed his name. Yeah, yeah to Shape of Water. Yeah, he's like fuck it after the success. Of so it. Del Toro first took name, best Shape. director, and uh, Shape of Water took best picture. What? Do, how do we feel about that? So good. So, yeah. so, so good. Don't necessarily know if it should have got best picture. I think best director. That's very fitting. I what, think. What else was up for best picture? Um, a lot. Let me grab it up here. Yeah, best picture. So we had Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, fuck. The Post, Three Billboards. I thought that of the two that have, uh, of the two of those that I've actually seen, because I've almost seen none of those. Three Billboards and um. What was the second one? Get out, maybe. Darkest Hour? No. Dunkirk? Dunkirk, yeah, thanks. Um, I thought that those were probably better 
pictures than Shape of Water. Um, yeah. I really liked Shape of Water, but not as much as I think the hype kind of has um, brought it up to. Yeah, I was talking about this with my mate the other day. Like, what exactly does Best Picture mean? It's a. I look at it like the we holistic. Like, yeah, we were like, is it the, the way it makes you feel, or is it like the editing and the direction? I mean, it's like, but then they have best editor and best director, exactly. best costume, best cinematographer. So, what does that actually leave that best picture? It's like a, even it's means, a, a summation of everything. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of how I look at it. You look at all these different verticals and these different roles, and we're celebrating each one of those. Um, and then the best picture is like the summation. But how how often do you see best director and best picture? win both it, it's quite it's quite often that that happens i believe well yeah it kind of makes sense it's sort of like it? they go hand yeah. in hand with each other because well, so the director degree, is... I, I i agree with you you know yeah it's a little bit redundant in a way yeah but yeah so at uh, the same time i get it yeah i can definitely get on board with that winning like i see where they're coming from i think really tight good filmmaking really nice sets good edits cool characters interesting takeaway like and lessons from that movie yeah so it's like, yeah, I can see it. Yeah. It's been a really good year. Like I said, I think Lady Bird was my favorite and the best. That's what I think. And Three Billboards fucking ruled in its own other way. Um, yeah. I, I feel like... But I, I definitely yeah. get it. I get it. I'm just happy for Guillermo. I know. And I, I feel like your, your, your vision is clouded. Yeah. Um, I think because, it is as well. Because <laughs> you, you just want Del Toro to win. Like that was just... I just want him to have a platform to be able to make the films he wants to make. And obviously... Shape of Water was the film he wanted to make, but I want him to make a hundred million, two hundred million dollar movies. You know, see, I don't know if that's what you want. I do because, because at I the Mountains that, of Madness, I want that movie, man. Because I want that I, movie. It's no, ready I to feel go. like if he gets that big budget, he might go all Peter Jackson, like big well, CGI fest and Hellboy Two. That's, that's not a, that's million. not yeah that's sixty million yeah that's not that much but that's, that was two thousand eight. If hell if that if that was made today, yeah. it'd be a hundred million, hundred fifty million dollar yeah. movie. I just I, I feel like he could go t- one of two ways. He could you know keep it kind of his style and his mid budget um, indie quirky. Yeah, maybe maybe inject a little bit of money in there, but just kind of keep his style. Or he's gonna go big tentpole type films. You know. Yeah. What about Pacific Rim? Pacific Rim, big budget there. Yeah, Lame. but that was not a good film. It's okay. It, it was entertaining for if what about he because yeah. you can watch big robots fight big. You know, monsters, and I'm I'm down with that. I really love that. But in terms of a film, like that's that's by far not his best work. Definitely not. Not even close. Definitely not even not. in the Did ballpark. He direct that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, like, I, I wouldn't be using oh. that as an example of like. But I'm hey, just saying, in his catalog, he has done big yeah, boss, yeah. blockbusters. Um, and and they were not good. So it's kind of my point. Um, <laughs> best original screenplay went to <laughs> best best original screenplay went to Get Out. Um, nice. I, I feel like Get Out got gypped. I can dig on that. I, can dig um, that, I yeah. feel like Get Out should have at least been in the running for best picture. Um, it should was, have been wasn't in. It? No, was it? Yeah. Did I miss yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, it was. So, yeah. Oh well, it just should have at least been that. And if not one, um, I think Get Out should have probably also got best director. Um, I think he was in the running. Or Jordan Peele. Yeah, Jordan Peele was in the running for best. I thought that, I thought that he got um, shoehorned into like best comedy. Like he wasn't in best picture because it was like best mm. comedy. Or maybe that was for the Academy or for um, Golden Globes or something. Wouldn't know. I don't know. Yeah, Anyways, yeah. Um, I'm I'm stoked that he got original screenplay. Oh yeah. Did you see the reaction from um, uh, Key Keanu Reeves? Sorry, Keegan Michael Keane. Yeah. No. Was he stoked? Oh, 
he was like they were they weren't in, uh, he wasn't actually invited to the Oscars, but he was um Damn. um they caught a picture of him watching it in a tux in some random room, and he was just like jumping up and down and fucking going ballistic, and it was like yeah. who's that the actor? So uh, no, um, Keen Peel kind of started up as a, a skit comedy duo, uh-huh. um, and that's kind of how they made their rise, and and Key is, has kind of gone on to more. You know, small acting roles, and and Jordan has gone on to obviously like directing and stuff. Um, so they're but they're still obviously quite close. So yeah, good good to see them still buddies. You know, yeah, you never know with them when those relationships dissolve whether they're um, you know, they're just going in different pathways or there's actually been a breakdown of the relationship. Yeah. And I hope because I I love those guys. Like some of those scenes are just some of the best sketch comedy I've ever seen in my days. Yeah. So um, anyway, yeah. let's not get into a. Um, Key and Peel discussion. Best cinematography. Boom. Mate. Finally, Roger Deakins wins. Uh, it's with either. what? Um, he could have won with either of them today or uh, this year, uh, actually. Blade Runner. Blade Runner yeah. 2049. Because he also nice, did. Um, nice. done, did he do Dunkirk? Uh, no, that was. No, um, sorry. Hoyten van Hoyte. Sorry, there's. Some, there's he, I thought he did at least one more this. This he year, did, he did that. What could have been in it's the running? That probably right should have been in the running. But um, yeah, he's never won an Oscar, and um, I think there was a standing ovation um, for this. So great, great so. film to win. Great film to win on. His catalog is actually ridiculous. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, it's insane that he's only winning one now for the first time. But hey. I'm doing away. Yeah, cool. Enjoy, man. <laughs> um. And, so I'm, uh, I'm just gonna I'm, I'm I'm looking through his um catalog now. Yep. And and you're right, I, I genuinely right that there, there's no reason that this should have been. Yeah, the, that this should have been the first time he won. What What are some that stand out there? Uh, I just close it. So oh. one moment. Don't worry about it. Um, another one, the Blade Runner twenty forty nine one, best visual effects. Very happy about that. That yeah, film looked crisp. So I'm I'm going to bring out some of the the highlights. Um, of, Blade Runner um, 2049 of, of um, Roger yeah, Deakins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 2049 Sicario, Skyfall, No Country for Old Men, Prisoners, uh, The Shawshank Redemption, um, The Assassination um, of Jesse James by the Robert uh, by the coward Robert Ford, um, True Grit. I mean, these are like some, some serious films, and and you know. One thing that is completely unanimously, I think, agreed across all of them is that they look gorgeous. Like the way that they are shot is really spectacular. Yeah. So yeah, I think that that's uh, yeah. He's got some seriously good films in this. Um. So yeah, fantastic win for Roger Deakins. Very happy about that. And uh, another little one I just want to mention is best original score, Andre Desplat for Shape of Water. I thought that was one of the strongest components of it. Um, that initial first shot as well, the underwater shot, mm. um, that the score in that really um, brought a, brought out the kind of fairy kind yeah, of fantasy side, the movie yeah. so much. So um, fantastic to to hear that. So yeah, another Oscar's done. <laughs> I just found out that uh, Roger Deakins did Rango. Oh wow! Yeah, there you, there you go. go. What a speak, guy. speak of the devil. Um, all right, well, let's move on. Uh, we've got a lot to cover so um we can talk about the new shazam um photos reveal best look yet at the new costume very true to the comics um it's kind of a pity that ben isn't here because ben's the the shazam guy the the fan 
Um, we'll have some uh, information to yeah. <laughs> bring forth. Look, I'll, I'll be honest. Looking at this, it—I mean, I'm, maybe they have to add some, you know, effects on it or something. It just looks like a dude in a in like a a muscled up. He looks like he's going to Comic Con, like a yeah. cosplayer. Yeah. yeah, he looks like a higher costume sort of. Yeah, it's, it's a very um, sort of sixties kind of uh, yeah. costume look. Just the matte yeah. color, like um. Very like bold, yeah. Very bold look. Very it looked like it was bright. padded for muscles. Like I, it didn't yeah, look like him. Yeah, it looked, looked like weird. fake muscles. Yeah, it's um, sewn into the fabric. Yeah, those, those ones that you get in the costume shot. Yeah. yeah. So I look. I don't know. I, I think they might have to be doing some touch ups oh, right. afterwards. Film off, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's in the DCEU. I. It's probably gonna fail. Um, I mean, like, uh, just going We're off just going on historical data here. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't see this being a really great film, but I mean, fuck it, maybe it will be. Maybe, maybe it's what the DCEU needs, just a bit of, you know, bit kind more of shit. Yeah, they, they said it's going to be a lot more lighthearted and kind of wacky, so maybe that's how they're going to, the, the costume is. Backpedaling. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't love the look of this. I'm still, like, going to go watch it. Obviously, but um, nothing about this is really intriguing me, and I, I'm I'm very worried about the DCU as EC, DCEU as a whole, except for Aquaman coming out later this year with James Wan Why? at the helm. I don't know, man. I just trust James Wan. Fuck, like I just trust him. Nah, man, I'm, I'm fucking done with him. I'm you, never you, watching another DCEU film. <laughs> you're never watching another one ever again. I, I don't I, have plans to, man. Draw a line in the sand. Yeah, like honestly, it's getting to the point where even, you know, going to the um, the MCU films is always still great, but it's like there's a lot of them and I'm really looking forward to Infinity War where I might be able to get off at this, at this station and <laughs> yeah. watch the train roll out, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I just can't be clogging up anything else with the DCEU. <laughs> It hurts yeah. every time and I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> I think that, and it's really disappointing because a lot of people pit them against like either you're a Marvel guy or you're a DC guy. And I think that... Back in like 2010. Yeah. But I think that like <laughs> at this point, I'd really love to have a good DCEU. And I know we've said that a million times, but that would be nothing that would make me happier than having two competing, you know, good, um, big tentpole superhero films. I agree. Or franchises that are you know a little bit different in tone that kind of take different tacks like i think they can still do the dark and gritty thing that they had in in um the dark knight i don't think they need to go quite as far as they did in um uh, batman versus superman or whatever yeah. the fuck it was like that was just that was ridiculous that was unnecessary but they had a good formula they could have run with it they could have fuck they could have expanded the um the the universe that nolan started yeah, I mean that. that completely... I mean that's where Man of Steel started. It was produced by Chris Nolan. Yeah. It felt like a more grounded Superman yeah. in in vain of the Dark Knight. Yeah, um, and then it really sort of spiraled out of control, and that... then we we got Justice yeah. League. Like, how does Man of Steel get to Justice League? A lot of strange decisions along the way. I think that if they had yeah. changed the last twenty minutes of um, Man of Steel, that could have really set the DCEU on a different course. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just. Just. Uh, Tighten it up a little bit, cut out a bit of bullshit. Yeah, uh, minus uh, a whole city getting. Uh, yeah, that's flat. the main oh, thing. I'm so over that. Yeah, yeah. There, there's something about the the kind of just pure destruction that's in films now that I think the directors are like, yeah, this is what people want to see. It was like no one ever we wants to see that. We got to take it up to the Pacific next level. Pacific Rim Two trailer. Have you seen that? Yeah, 
Not, 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 not oh, this to destruction, man. It's like, yeah, I get it. The city's <laughs> getting knocked down. I'm so fucking done with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we've seen it a million times. We've yeah. seen it a million times. The glass building shattering oh, into a yeah. hundred billion pieces. Matrix mm. did it. Yeah. Yeah. Really. But now we've got Skyscraper coming, so... Um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Anyway, somehow we got on to we started at uh, Shazam new set photos. Yeah, we ended up. We, we never finished with what we started on the Matrix. Um, <laughs> uh, our next story is that Michael Bay is going to be directing Robopocalypse, an adaptation of Daniel H. Wilson's book of the same name. Um, this is uh, something. This is a project that Steven Spielberg had been attached to. I think back in 2010. Um, Many years. And it fell apart a couple years later, and they're, they're I think they're trying it again. Um, trying it again. Like it's absolutely spectacular that Michael Bay still has a job. He brings in cash, man. He I does, mean, whatever you know, anyone says about Michael Bay, I mean, look at those figures. Um, it's true. He brings in the cash dollars. Uh, unfortunately, that's about all he brings in. There's no sense of uh, contribution to, um, you know, pop culture or anything. It just... Just pain, man. It's just... The Transformers series is so vacuous and uh, empty. Um, but uh, this, this well, I, sounded I, like an interesting project for Spielberg. It sounds much like a much less interesting project for Michael Bay. Well, and, and particularly considering that this is a, almost a, a well-trodden story by now. It's, it's robots and it's AI and it's the dangers of AI and all that kind of stuff. Which, I mean, look, if you had gotten a nuanced director to come in and, and make a cool sci-fi... Um, despite it being a well-trodden area, then I might be excited for this. But the fact that it's Michael Bay, I don't need that. Yeah, yeah. neither. Like it, we know what it's going to be. It's going to be some hyped-up, militarized explosion bullshit. Like it's just yeah. maybe. All right, look, maybe he'll surprise us. But based on historical data, that's Isn't it interesting. You could hand the same screenplay to these two directors, and the end product would be vastly different. Mm. Mm. To be honest, I'm, I'm not even that you know psyched on. Um, Spielberg, Spielberg taking it on because I mean all I'm thinking right now is um, Ready Player One and that doesn't look particularly promising. Um, so yeah. you know I don't necessarily think that this would have been a good project for him either. I think it would have been cool. I know this sounds like you know being a dead horse, but a Nolan project. I would like to see Chris Nolan handle AI and that kind of thing because he's done Interstellar and it's all been very grounded. Inception as well, very grounded. And I'd love to see him, you know, do something like really fantastical or um, different for him. Yeah, I think yeah. Nolan would probably would suit this a little bit better. Um, it is a, it, you're right. It is a bit of a um, beating a dead horse to say, oh, we should get Nolan on this because like everyone <laughs> says everyone that for says that. every film. Yeah. Like it goes to show that people like want a little bit of edge sometimes, something yeah. a little different, bit of spice. Yeah, I I don't know if I'd consider Nolan spice. You know what I mean? Though. Yeah, like, just I do. He, he, he has a um, tactile an angle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I guess what um, you say. it's a little bit different. I mean, in that vein of just grabbing big names and chucking it at a project, Denny, Denny Villeneuve. Like, oh, why? Yeah. Why not get him to do this? Like, he's proven himself in the science fiction genre yeah. as an absolute he's powerhouse. Maybe yeah. he doesn't want to. Well, he's he's busy with uh, Dune, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. Yeah. Very quick story on that, but um. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, you yeah, know, he's the guy. He's the guy. Yeah, <laughs> I retract my previous statement. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. 
But I mean, it's always easy to just grab a guy that, yeah, that's, yeah. you know, shown success in a previous and, and chuck him in and, and think that it's going to work out. But, yeah. you know, yeah, we'll see. So, um, but uh, we also know that uh, Michael Bay is doing another film called, uh, is it Six Underground? Yeah. Uh, Screenplay is by uh, the Zombieland and Deadpool screenwriters. Um, we we know next to nothing about it. It's apparently an original screenplay. Yeah. Um, original which idea. almost scares me a little bit more that Michael Bay is in somehow involved in an original screenplay. <laughs> um, they write good uh, screenplays, those guys. Yeah. yeah. Zombieland was really spectacular, like a, a, a kind of out of left field hit. Yeah. And what was the other one you just mentioned? Uh, Deadpool. Yeah. Which I mean, as as Deadpool himself says, the uh, the screenwriters are the real, real heroes of this story. Yeah, <clears throat> true. Yeah, I mean the the everyone other than once again everyone other than Michael Bay on this project sounds like a cool thing, and then you slap his name on it, and immediately my intrigue goes down. So. Yeah, I wish he'd just fuck off, eh? Yeah, Michael Bay, or or, or you know, <laughs> just, like, yeah, or learn how to yeah. like he. This is the problem. He's he's excellent at at setting up shots and making action look really good and the and bay the michael bay shot you know he why has he that shot cinematographer eh? oh he'd kill it and then let someone else really handle everything else about filmmaking yeah because i mean those yeah. those fucking terminator films are they they make me hurt inside but oh uh, yeah sorry yeah, yeah. Um, i'm i'm with you man it hurts yeah to watch this shit yep and i don't yeah. like it but I agree. I get angry. Is, I get angry. Yeah. Hopefully, Mark Wahlberg will be on on board. <laughs> <laughs> I'd actually really hate to see Mark Wahlberg on that. Um. Anyways, uh, new story. John Travolta is set to play the villain in new thriller film Moose, written and directed by Lim Biscuit frontman Fred Durst. So, so let's be we're honest. Fucking ready for that. That's the only reason that we're talking. We'll about never this. watch that film. Fred Durst. You'll never watch. I will this watch film. that film. No. Why? Because I just know this sounds like a great idea. Dude, it sounds Fred like Dur- hilarious. Did you say Fred Durst writing or directing? Writing and directing. Written and directed I by Limbiscuit. I'm going to be the first fucking dude in that cinema. Stand up, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what is it like? <gasps> Take him to the Matthews Bridge. <laughs> I just hate Limbiscuit. I mean, they've got some bangers. There's no doubt. There's five, there's five songs that this band did that are just so good. But I, I really never got into that new metal style. And Where you Fred at? Durst, Fred Durst, I've never liked that guy, man. <laughs> never liked that guy. So to see what, what, what he will bring Dude, to the no screen. no one liked Fred Durst. What, what he will bring to the screen. I don't care. I don't care. But he's got a red cap, man. Yeah, fuck you, man. Man, this is going to be your new Jared Leto. <laughs> I don't think you're getting it, man. It's Fred Durst from the 90s. Like yeah, I know. Making, writing, I, and directing a film. That's the most bizarre if it's shit. three minutes long, I'll watch it. If it's two hours long, fuck you. You know, I heard you, that he was like me. 40 years old or something when he was in Limp Bizkit. That can't be right. I'm not sure, but that's what I heard. Ha, wait, what, what did you hear? That he was like quite old, possibly even 40, when he was in Limp Bizkit in like 2000. And he is, he's in Limp Bizkit now. He's 47 now. So let's say 1998. right? He would have been 27 in the late 90s. That, that was let's old. Go, let's compared. go forward to like two, 2000. And... They broke up in 2003, I believe. And then got back together in 2008. Yeah. With Gold Cobra. Jesus, did they? I missed that. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> They've released two albums since coming back. Come we can on, talk man. about that on our music podcast. Um, but yeah, John Travolta in this. That's, That's a, a pretty heavy hitting yeah. name. It was. Like... 
six, seven years ago, maybe. I, I would never have picked for, for Limp Bizkit Fred Durst to be able to cast that guy. Like, he's, John Travolta has been in some pretty shitty films lately. Yeah, but I mean, he's just a director. Depends who's producing and who they know, yeah. whatnot. It'll be interesting either way to see like whether it flops or whether it's amazing. It's either not way, really interesting whatsoever. Do Do you have any information about this film, Moose? Yeah, it's a thriller called Moose. It's written and directed by Fred Durst. That's about it. We can We can look something up. Well, while you look that up, let's talk about the next story. Um, and this is a quote from Carl Urban who um, said that it was screenwriter Alex Garland and not Pete Travis who actually directed 2012's Dread. Um, this is not a particularly new um, statement from him. I mean, he's alluded to it before, but I think he, you know, on the back of um, you know Alex Garland's new film, I think he wanted to reiterate and, and really kind of implant that when you think about 2012's Dread, you think about Alex Garland. Um, to be honest, I think that's a bit of a shitty thing to do. Um, but I mean, fuck it. If it's the truth, you know. If I even if, even if it is the truth, they put the director's name on it. That's a real big slap to yeah, Pete Travis. You'd feel pretty stupid if you were Pete Travis, eh? Yeah, seriously. I love this movie. Dread. I really like this movie. Yeah, so cool. Um, and uh, it makes sense that Alex Garland directed it because um, Ex Machina was fantastic, and from what everything I'm hearing with Annihilation, whilst it it's it's a little divisive in some parts. On the whole, people are saying it's a really great film and yeah. it brings a lot of ideas to the table. I've I've heard that as it. I almost hesitate to say this, but it's very brainy and very yeah. kind of like zany, quirky. No, not even quirky, but just like thoughtful. There's it's a very thoughtful, and a lot of people aren't going to get very much out of it. Yeah. It sounds like, like the like things, you have yeah. to be really you have to have an IQ to really understand it, um, which I think is is one of the worst statements that anyone can ever make, but. I think you have like I think you have to have the patience with it. I, think I like those films where they don't spoon feed you. Yeah, and so you just have to use like your your mind and feelings yeah. to like. Look, I think they have a time and a place. In. Like, yeah. there's some some movies that I do want to be spoon fed with. Like, if I want to shut off my brain for two hours oh, and have yeah, a movie yeah, just like sure. yeah. you know do action or like I mean that's yeah. what I do Fast and Furious for. You know, I don't go there for that family bullshit. I go for big explosions and fast cars. Fuck it. They see, and Connor not a family man. <laughs> But yeah, when I went to see Dread, um, Carl Urban was there and he did a QA and a and I asked him specifically about this. What was it like with the, the two directors handling it? And he gave a very diplomatic answer. You know, he didn't want to snub Pete Travis at all. But um, it kind of alluded tune. to this. He kind of alluded to this in the yeah. answer. And I can't remember exactly what he said. I don't have a direct quote of the answer that I uh It'd be nice if you did. If you could have thought time. back in 2012, maybe I'll be on a podcast one day where, but, uh, where this will yeah. be relevant. Tell you what I love about Dread is that how many people still think that it was the country singer Keith Urban who acted that role. Really? Yeah. That's like, amazing. Working at the cinema, people would be like, oh, yeah, Dread was cool. And like, yeah, I like you know, that guy's music's not bad either. Like, that was kind of funny. What? It's like, wow. But Carl yeah. Urban's a big name. Huh? I feel like Carl Urban's a big both name. Both Aussie. No. They both have K's in their name. I, I get it. He's They're a Kiwi. Urban. Yeah. Carl Urban's a Kiwi. Yeah, well, Australia has a long, we claim, we claim long history of claiming yeah. Kiwis. You so is Ru- Russell Crowe, but you don't see anyone saying that. Yeah. Yeah. It, this is true. I just like didn't even, I didn't correct him. The last person who said that, I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to let you think that that's the country singer. Just be that <laughs> asshole at the dinner party. 
Yeah. Who makes uh, actually? Yeah. actually I, I like Carl Urban in um, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he killed that role. And Star Trek as well. I nah, he was not great Star in the Trek. Reboots. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Very cool. Um, yeah, go watch final, Dread if you haven't seen it. That's final little, film. final little quick piece of news. Um, Denny Villeneuve um, has uh, alluded to the fact that he's actually going to do two Dune films. Um, we don't have any information, at least at the moment, as oh, to whether this is... Sting will be back to reprise his role <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in both. Um, I don't think we have any uh, original soundtrack news on whether that's just like a two-part series of, of the first book or something, or whether he's going to franchise it, kind of go into a more expansive one. This um, is not a film to be franchised. This needs to be like a Blade Runner 2049, like, just but, leave it I mean, in it, of it kind of is, is because it already is a franchise. Like, there's a lot of Dune books out there. It is, it is. But I mean, like, uh, when I say a franchise, I mean in and of itself, uh, uh, like an MCU kind of thing. You know, uh, you know, it's yeah. 10 sequels, um, five sequels. Yeah, you look, know? I, I'll be honest. Um, I haven't read any of the other book Dune books, and I think they're actually, a lot of them are written by his son. Okay. But um, there's a lot of source material there to work off. Oh, definitely. But from what I've heard, is everything after that is is pretty average. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a, quite a gap, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. And that I remember reading Dune for the first time, being like, "Fuck yeah, this rules!" And then yeah, so it was a cool book. Yeah, great book. Really, okay. really great sci-fi. Excellent. Um, and then you see, there's always that thing. You see the author, and it's like, oh, they did another one, and it's like, man. I, unless it's like designed from the the get go to be like a series, like Lord of the Rings or um, you know, Game of Thrones or whatever, yeah. it's like I never trust that. And if they like kind of set it up gap, for that though, like the the whole premise of the book is that it's being written far in the future by, or like that you're kind of reading about it far in the future from a scribe, isn't it? I don't know. It's I almost kind of like a religious so. context where they say what's eventually going to happen, and this is where it kind of started. No, yeah, not sure. From I memory, can't remember that. I, I would have read this like almost well over 10 yeah. years ago. But. And I see like at the end of the story, I don't want to, I won't ruin it for you, George, but um, it's a good wrap up. Everything sort of, mm-hmm. you know, gets the story closes um, as good stories do. <laughs> and then I remember reading like the, the, the blurb for the next one, which was in the back of this edition. Yeah. And it was like, <clears throat> things have suddenly come undone in the future. And it's like, no, I hate it when movies yeah. are like beautifully wrap up a story. This is how I felt about, um, Star Wars, um, Force Awakens. It's like, yeah, Luke saves the day and the universe is good. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. Everything's bad again. It's like, man, what was all that other shit for? Yeah. And when I read that about June, I was like, nah, not going there. That's I'm a out. really good point. There's something that like you can retroactively destroy uh, a, a film or a book or, or a piece of art or whatever it is by saying everything in that first one is meaningless because it all ended up. But in the same token, you know, um, there's a there's an element of you know things continue you know yeah, world sure. war one world war two the cold war vietnam you know it's like things aren't always settled so in one regard i 100 percent agree with you in another i kind of like that exploration but as you said if it's not designed from the get-go mm. you know if this is supposed to be a single it story like cashing yeah yeah I, I i i know what you're yeah. saying there and the other thing like with books though like i mean life does go on but unless you're willing to publish a book for the rest of your life, people were kind of looking for this snapshot or like an escape and you kind of want closure on that. Yeah. So it's like, unless you want to write a June book every five years, like because life goes on, 
it's like you may as well just close it and, yeah. and leave it, you know? There's, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's an enormous amount of anger towards authors that, that start that process and don't finish. Oh. There's a, um, a series, yeah. Name of the Wind, uh, by, oh, yeah. I can't remember the author's name, but he's written two books and everyone is waiting for the third and it's almost been like, God, it hasn't been like five or six years at least, if not more, yeah. of just like him being like, I've, I've built this up too big. I, I don't want to fuck it up. Maybe next year it'll come out. Maybe the year after that. Like, I don't know. He's freaking out. And people are pissed. Yeah. They're fucking like, Hungry. Angry. And these are like angry nerds. So they're, you know. Yeah. Apparently they're fantastic books. Yeah. They're I've, really, really fantastic. heard good things. Yeah, yeah. Really fantastic books. Um, um, fuck, did you guys see Lucky Logan? No. no. I missed it. Oh, fuck. There was such a good um, Game of Thrones reference. gag in there. Yeah. Reference joke. Um, I won't, you know, won't spoil <laughs> it for you. But yeah, check it out. It's actually cool. Cool. Like not a bad film. Benny enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. yeah we'll do. I, I, um, I rated it. Yeah. But yeah, it's just a really nice, funny sort of like timely um, Game of Thrones reference about books unfinished. Yeah, 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 yeah. That nice. sort of stuff, yeah. George R. R. Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, well, we've run quite a bit over time. So uh, what time is it, George? It's trailer time. It's bad segue. I'm sorry. It's movie preview segment. All right, we got some trailers to drop this week. Yes, We're we do. talk about them. Right um, now. First of all, is Luke, <laughs> uh, Luke Cage season two. Short um, little teaser. Yeah, short little teaser. I, I kind of liked it. It made me think that this could be a really cool season. Um, I based that off almost been nothing. Been in. Yeah, seriously. Hey, this could be cool. Because <laughs> season one was cool. Everyone shits on that one, I feel. And I enjoyed it. I, I liked the first Luke Cage season. And I don't get the same kind of nervousness that I got watching the Jessica Jones teasers and all that kind of stuff. I don't I haven't liked the preamble to Jessica Jones. Yeah. Um and to be perfectly honest, I don't it's been on Netflix for a couple of days now and I've kinda of looked at it and been like, mm, nah. Yeah. Damn. What do you think of the trailer, Kieran? Uh yep. Looked cool. I've never actually seen any of Luke Cage, haven't watched it, so there's some good stuff in there. Yeah, I've heard it's heard it's cool, but like you said, heard it was got real shit towards the end or something. Yeah, a lot of people felt that way. Yeah, mm. yeah kind of derailed. Yeah, I thought in terms of a trailer, I thought it was cool actually. Yeah. Like I thought it was a bit different, nice. Yeah, I, I like punchy. It. Yeah. yeah, love the you get paid, man. Yeah, <laughs> at the end, just like nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm 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 keen to see what they do with this. Safe to say, probably the best TV show of all time. Yeah. Of all time. You've, all you've time. heard it here. Yeah. That's what I take Game away of Thrones, from this. move over. Move over Faulty Towers. Yeah. yeah Luke Cage season two. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also had, uh, or did you want to talk about it at all, George? What? Luke Cage season two? No. I feel like we kind of glossed over you. No, I'm, I said what I needed to say. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> um, Legion season two. Have any of you actually watched Legion in season one? Benny did. Benny's not here, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, no, I have not. Yeah, have you watched it, Kieran? No, I have Replacement not. Replacement of Ben? Um, no, I have not. <laughs> did Did Ben not send you a dossier of the things that you now meant to know and have <laughs> watched? Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Nah, I didn't open that dossier. Fuck you, Ben. <laughs> um, Legion <laughs> season one. So this is this is uh, an X Men uh, part of the X Men franchise. And uh, everyone seemed to really dig it. Um, and I could kind of see why this trailer was cool. Which yeah. one was that again? Legion Season 1. 
No, I mean, what <laughs> what happened in the trailer? Oh, is is the weird looking one where it's got like lots of? Oh, it's like the meditation crazy. Yeah, yeah they're in the asylum. Yeah, it looked okay. Yeah, it yeah. looks very trippy. It looks kind of almost Doctor Strangey. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was um, thinking. Yeah. <clears throat> Dreams, reality, yeah. exploration of that. Yeah. I think it looks cool. Yeah, um, it is that actually made me interested to go and and find season one and go through it. Um, Only heard good things. Yeah, seriously. So, I, yeah, but it's a cool trailer. It's, um, as I said, it looks a little bit on the wacky side. They definitely mm-hmm. go in for it. Almost gave me a Dirk Gently type um, vibe. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, which, and I, I really love Dirk Gently. I'm really upset that it, it got canceled. Um, so this might be my replacement. Yeah, we'll see. You guys? Yeah, I, I, I'm keen to check out season one. Um, I think the the idea is that um, a guy is misdiagnosed to have a mental uh, health like schizophrenia issues, or something um, when he's actually got a superpower. Uh, um, okay. And it's kind of like um, the exploration of that. You know, um, I think there's some really interesting layers and deconstruction of um, certain, you know, sort of superhero um, tropes and whatnot. Yeah. So it sounds interesting. Yeah, I'd be keen to check it out. Yeah. Um, moving on, we've got Lost in Space, the the Netflix. Yeah, we talked about the teaser a couple of weeks ago, and now we've got a full trailer. Yeah. First impressions of this, I feel like every major set piece is in this trailer. I feel like mm. we've seen a lot of the big, the, the money shots, you know? Um, yeah. In saying that, the CG looks fantastic in this compared to a lot of uh, Netflix series. Um, I, 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 really li- I really like the look of this. I'm into this kind of like monster of the week serialized, um, you know, different episodes, different missions with an overall arc happening. Um, Didn't appear to be like that at all to to me. It seemed like there was one monster. Um, I, I guess when I say monster of the week, I mean that sort of um, you know different adventure of the week oh, kind okay. of thing. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I mean, even, I don't know if that's the format. Like I don't, it didn't I don't look like that, that at all. It I don't looked, know if that's the format of this one. Yeah, it looked very much like a continuous storyline. This they might just be showing the high level yeah. kind of story hit points. But I believe that's what the old one was like, the old TV series back in the day. Yeah. Oh, it's a re- reboot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was the the TV show, and then there was the movie Lost in Space, and then there's now this. God damn. Um, yeah. It looked like uh, Interstellar meets Alien. Yeah. They're trying so. Prometheus, oh, but it looks Prometheus, far yeah. less like horror. Pre, like horror, yeah. yeah. I mean, more. like, yeah, all the art direction was like, yeah. all right, you saw Prometheus, that's cool. The the helmets <laughs> that's were not exactly a bad thing. the same as the Prometheus ones with yeah. the three sixty. Like their head can move around, and they're in that yeah. glass dome. Um, yeah. Uh, and they also the dust storm as well as they're in the truck. Yeah. I was like, that's yeah. Prometheus. the nasty weather thing, and it's like um, Interstellar as well, yeah. like with that big wave yeah. planet. In saying like, that, I've, I'm intrigued, and I think it looks well put together. I like the production design. It, so. it does look well put together, and I think that you know this will be worth checking out. I think that this could uh, this could become a little bit of a, a staple for a lot of people. Yeah, and there's that classic trope where like the kid meets the alien. I yeah, feel like this is like, one of those things that actually made the trope is Lost in Space. Uh, it's Will Robinson and his is yeah. danger. Will Robinson. Yep. Ah, that's what that yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's making sense. Dots are joining. Um. Yeah. So very excited for that. Something I'm not excited for is uh, <laughs> the new Nick Cage film, Humanity Bureau. So I feel like we've just put this on this list to to make fun of it because oh. it's always it's always a good laugh to look at a low budget. Nick Cage film. 
This looks dreadful. Oh, really awful. The trailer wigged the fuck out of me. And uh, it looks very low production value. We, we're not got a very good... Um, you know, it doesn't have that sophisticated cinematography. It looks very, very generic. Um, and Nick it, Cage has really just gone from, you know, mid-90s. This guy was con air, face off. Like, he was the man. And 20 years later, he's still directed DVD bullshit. He's a joke, essentially. And it has no one really to blame but himself. Like, that, he is a bizarre actor. He's just leaning into it, I feel. Yeah. Um, this looks bad. Like the CG is so bad. The acting is horrific. The story looks very paint by numbers. It looks like uh, a parody trailer. Yeah, I thought the trailer, the main issue here was the trailer edit. I mean, um, it's hard to judge a film properly or a TV show properly if they don't quite get the edit right. And actually give you a little bit of what's the arc, what's the plot. Yeah. Yeah. See, I feel like there's the gen- the general plot I feel is kind of reminiscent of it's a it's a very famous short story about how a man due to a dental experiment <laughs> um uh gets um put to sleep or or like put in stasis for 100 or 200 years and then he wakes up in a world where all the dumb people are breeding really ridiculously fast and all the smart people um don't breed and um and he comes up with the solution to um, basically send all the dumb people off in shuttles into this new world, this new Eden. Is this um, a Nick Cage movie? No, this is an old short story. Oh, okay. Like it's it's a very famous kind of like sci-fi yeah. um, thing. Um, and he uh, he gets you know all the people, puts them in the space shuttles, sends them out into sh- uh, space, and then they essentially kill them. But they they may uh, they maintain kind of order by sending back quote unquote letters from their loved ones saying this new Eden place is great. So more people want to sign up to go to this place. Uh-huh. So that's what it reminded me of, which is a really cool concept. It's a really cool story. And it's a, you know, this almost looks like a cool take on that. Whereas a guy that's figuring out what's going on. Um, yeah. He looks like a bit of a dumbass in the trailer, right? Cause he's like, you should go to this new place. And everyone's like, fuck you for sending me there. He's yeah. Like, what? It's cool. Yeah. So I think that, like lame ass trailer man yeah there's there's potential for this film to have been good and that's what kind of pisses me off about it because i was like it looks very poor direction it looks like a just very pedestrian it looks like a fucked up sci-fi version of like um (laughs) what's that movie set in north north dakota isn't um the that they just made a tv series out fargo fargo yeah fargo (laughs) it looked like the weirdest version of that like this cop dude in like that snow police hat thing yeah, mm-hmm. shooting guns and stuff. It's like, terrible. Had yeah. Nick Cage ever held a gun or like watched someone in a movie hold a gun? Like there was just, that one shot that looked terrible, didn't it's it? So weird. it's like it's he like, comes out of the van and he's holding the gun up, and I was yeah. like, "You look piss weak." That's the same kind of like watching like old Arnie films where he's like shooting a. Yeah, uh, an AK-47 AK with one hand or something, <laughs> and the other hand like yeah, a rocket launcher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's yeah. just. Definitely not how guns work. But like it's, it's so ridiculous. Arnie, his muscles with are Nick Cage. Big, no. Yeah, he's just the way he's holding shit. You're just like, mate, what are you doing? Yeah. Um. <laughs> I've had. Anyways, talking about yeah. this yeah. movie. It so, looks like um, awful. Final trailer. Game over, man. Um, new Netflix film with the uh, creators of um, Workaholics. Um, Your favorite show. I I genuinely love Workaholics. I think it's um, if you. If you were in the mood for some like 
comedy that is is neither smart or you know in any way kind of if you just want dumb comedy that is the best you can get yeah it's stoner comedy at its best um and i'm a hundred percent into it i absolutely love it i'm not so much into it um but what was your take on this being a fan of the um wonder boys it feels very much like a, a a tv um crew or a tv um an extended episode cast or something. going in and trying to make a film. Um, so I'm, I'm going into it with, you know, the expectation that this is not going to be great, but that it might be like a fun extended episode of something. Yeah. It's kind of like an Andy Samberg sort of vibe. Yeah. You know I actually got like a, um, a vibe like um, the hangover one, like just a dumbass like dudes doing stupid stuff. Movie yeah. That, like, you might watch and just be like, huh, this is really funny. Yeah. Because like, yeah. the first Hangover was great. I loved it. Yeah. And then they ruined it by... The other Hangovers. The other Hangovers, like, that were just weird copies of... The, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're not so getting yeah, Game into Over, that. man, it's kind of got a sort of a diehard comedy sort of... It's a diehard sort of spoof the, the, is essentially what it is. The top line pitch there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not, there was a few good gags in here. Yeah. No doubt. I mm. like the um, the teaser we watched with the shaggy thing. Oh, yeah. That was <laughs> like, hilarious. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not difficult, but it's interesting when someone's like, let's throw shaggy in the mix. Like, where's he been? And then it's like... Oh, yeah, that is funny. Yeah, I love the exasperated look on Shaggy's face when they're like, sing it! And then the, the guy who's like yeah. singing it like really passionately. Yeah, it's yeah. good. So yeah, I, I think that it could be good. I think it could, you know, give a few laughs. I think this is a perfect film for Netflix. Um, It's not something I'd probably pay money to see. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. Let's see in the trailer time. Step on into the Falcon because we're heading off to Jakku. The Georgia Star Wars corner. No, nope. no. Corellia. Um, <laughs> we got some Star Wars news this week. Ba boom, get ready. Uh, John Favreau, writer, director, extraordinaire, um, director of Iron Man and uh, a lot of other films. Chef, um, mm, love him, Chef. What a chef. Um, he's coming on board um, to the Star Wars universe and he's going to write and produce a new live action series for Disney's streaming service. Um, pretty big news here. Um, we've seen a lot of activity around John Favreau. He's been on Instagram posing with photos with Ron Howard's director of Han Solo. He's voicing a character in the Han Solo movie. So it's, it makes sense. It makes sense that he's coming on board. Um, there seems to be a lot of volume of, uh, Star Wars, um, projects announced recently. Multiple, um, film trilogies. Plus this live action series. We've got a lot of stuff coming. Um, how do you guys feel about a live action series with uh, John Favreau at the helm? I am hesitant because don't we already have. Yeah, I, I, there's just so many that are coming out. I feel like I'm going to get Star Wars fatigue. Um, We've got Ryan Johnson's original trilogy, yeah. director of The Last Jedi. He's doing his own thing, original thing. We've got another trilogy going We've on. We've got the Game of Thrones guys coming on board yeah. for another trilogy. And we've got this live action series. We've as well as more, presumably more animated films. 100%. So at the and very, the trilogy we're in being completed, right? Yeah. One more episode. Yeah. So bare minimum, we've got, what, eight more feature-length films um, and a couple more TV Solo, shows. Yeah. Yeah. I hate this, man. I hate this. Like, I don't want to bring down <laughs> expand, your Star Wars expand. corner, but like, I'm out. 
I'm <laughs> done with Star Wars, man. <laughs> you're done with the DCEU and now yeah. you're done with I'm Star Wars. I'm cutting the fat, man. I'm serious. Yeah. What's, uh, tell me more. I'm intrigued. They've lost the plot, man. You didn't like The Last Jedi? It's all right. You know, like, that's the thing. Like, it's okay. But like I was saying, I emotionally, like spiritually, I don't, I don't need these films. Like, I never needed them. Like, I was saying about Dune and books before, like, it ended when, for me, at The Jedi Returns or whatever the fuck it's called. Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> the Jedi. I love that, I love that movie, The Jedi Returns. Um, look, I feel like there's been enough time passed between the um, original trilogy and even the prequels that I'm okay with a trilogy coming out right now. 789. 789, I'm okay with. This whole... Yeah, I'm, to be honest, I can, I can yeah. see you on that. Where my fatigue is coming from is, um, you know, Rogue One, which I thought, look, I'll be honest, I kind of liked Rogue One. I think it's a solid yeah, I film. I too. Um, yeah. Fine. No. I, I have no desire to see Solo. I just don't think that it's a property that um, that we that I yeah, want. Don't give a shit. Yeah. Don't um, <laughs> I'm I, so I don't want to see anything else to do with this, you know, kind of series. And, and, you know, unless something changes in the next, you know, year or two that, that convinces me otherwise, I don't think that I want that many other films. Like I don't want eight other films. I just don't need mm, that. Neither. I don't know. It's like, man, you see the trailer for solo and it's like, Oh, see, look, we've got the old style, um, Star Wars art direction, but look at this cool new suit that someone's wearing. Look at this cool bounty hunter. I and love the like, look of it. I've always loved the look of the Star Wars. I think that's one of the big selling points is that, yeah, uh, that, that aesthetic. I mean, I like that aesthetic as well, but I just feel like it's such a, that's their, like, the card that they keep playing over and over again. It's like, we, the iconic imagery. Yeah, yeah the so stormtroopers plus Darth, Darth Vader. Like, oh, yeah, but look at this new stormtrooper yeah. outfit now. Like, oh, look at this cool new red guy guard. It's like, oh, okay, wow, okay, but let's let, just break it down for a sec. Like, if we're talking about all these different things, I think there's definitely room for a Knights of Old Republic, um, either TV series or film trilogy. Um, that qualifies there. So, either, I, I anticipate the Game of Thrones guys are doing something like that. Um. A live action TV series. Um, I'm intrigued. Do you want to do you want to see a low budget TV series? Like comparative to the like, do you think that that's going to look as good as? Um, well, how? I mean, movies? it's Disney. I mean, it's going to be low budget. It's probably going to be ten, twenty million an episode. Um, I'm not yeah. possibly, but it's I mean, a tricky like thing though, because like, I mean, there's nothing essentially wrong with Star Wars. It's just that Disney's shoving a pie in my face right now, like. Hey, get your Star Wars. How about some Star Wars hair gel? Like, have six <laughs> movies. It's like, man, whoa, get the fuck out of my face. Like, don't need this much Star Wars. Like, I think I think they're going to pull the plug on the Star Wars stories idea. I don't think we're going to get another. Um, I, I really hope we don't. Solo or Rogue One. Kind it of actually, thing. it genuinely angers me when I think about Solo. Because I just think that all they're doing is they're treating their fan base like fucking idiots. They're just trading on nostalgia. Like, remember when yeah. you you know you wanted to figure out about Solo? You know, like they're yeah. just spoon feeding. Yeah, the, I've been this, on the streets since I was a kid. Yeah, they're just spoon feeding this, this fucking audience and treating them like they're fucking children, and like they're yeah. not. Like it's, it actually angers me the way that they treat their fan base in terms of the yeah. content that they want to put out. I think I'm, they're taking a lot of learnings from Solo. I think yeah. they're going to take a lot of that moving forward. I think that. You know them uh, commissioning stories that are completely outside of this, 
universe and, and perhaps not trading on nostalgia is probably a better direction for them. And, yes. and you know, that's why I'm not completely shutting the door on it. Like, yeah. you know, if they can original stories, yeah, if they can prove themselves in the next couple of years, then fine. And I, you know, I think that the main trilogy is still really good. So I'm on board with that. But I just don't like the direction they're going because it's very. It's just like how much can we shove down their throat? Too much volume. Yeah. Too yeah. Too much. It's like, I mean, yeah, I don't appreciate it on a personal level because they're show, showing their cards as just like, you know, it's like they're obviously cashing in. And when someone does that, that obviously, I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. You know? Don't and, and they're, they're but playing still on like attention to detail. You know, it's, it's, there's still, uh, there's still mm. love in there. You know, you can't say, uh, you can't say it's devoid. It's not like Transformers. They're trying to get it right. I think I it's coming from the right place, but I don't know. No, I don't even think I, you can I, I say that. Think, I don't think Han Solo was the right decision yeah. at all. Do you think Kathleen Kennedy, you know, is a huge fan of Star Wars? Um, maybe she is. Maybe she's not. I, I have the feeling. Does that, that qualify? If you're a massive fan, should you be the CEO? I mean, like that doesn't. That's, but that's not, my point. That's not the qualifier. Let's me. not pretend that these are coming out because you know because. Uh, you know, there's some love of Star Wars. They're coming out because they want to make money. And that's the whole thing with any film, really. But, but they want to contribute to... I think I think more than that, they want to contribute to pop culture. They want to serve the fans, right? Um, you know, I do think they want to do that. I don't think they just want to pump out and... and yeah. They want to make money, though. They want to make mm. money. There's no I think, doubt about that. I think those two things are mixed. You can't make money off Star Wars unless you're serving the fans, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It I doesn't think make so. me think they actually care about the fans. No, we'll see. It's it's weird. The like, story group, like if you know anything about Lucasfilm and like the main story group, who you know help sort of um, maintain all the stories and the the universe. And I'm the sure they do. Yeah, it, those guys really give a shit. Yeah, look, they really I, do. I think I think we gotta get get a bit confused around you know some of the ways that we uh, you talk about the fan base and all that. Because I mean, they didn't service the fan base with. Um, uh, the latest one, um, yeah. the Last Jedi, like yeah. you know, that pissed off. They, but I really like that because it treated it the, new. yeah, it treated the fans like you know, we're not just going to pander to your nostalgia. We're not going to just going to like we're going to do something that we feel is better for the the universe and the story and and the um the overall Star Wars franchise, which I'm hundred percent down for, and I'd love to see that. Um, but I hate it when they treat them like idiots in the sense of. We're gonna give you what you say you want, like in in kind of like quotations of what you want. Like yeah. we're gonna go for the easy win, and I feel like Rogue One was very much in a lot of ways the easy win when they're like showing R two D two and and like all those little nostalgia things and the end scene which everyone just like loses himself. Every time someone says, you know, my favorite scene in any Star Wars film is that Vader scene, I'm like, just fuck off. Yeah, like that's yeah, that's I agree. Such a easy so it's a great scene, but it's. You know, it was put in in the reboot, in the yeah. reshoots. It's just devoid. It's such of, an easy grab. It's like, an easy grab. It's an easy grab. Just, I thought it was cool. Just yeah, it respect cool. yourself it some cool. more. <laughs> anyway, John Favreau is on a Star Wars. Uh, He's got action. his finger in both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that derailed real quick. I, I mean, I, I think there's the, we went sort of for the broader conversation there, but um, yeah. John Favreau is coming and um, get ready because that Disney streaming platform is going to be taken on Netflix going to be up there really punching into the market um final story of the week really nice one to end up on uh mark hamill inducted into the hollywood hulk uh hollywood hall of of fame Fame. hulk of fame hall of fame um i'm just i'm just stoked i'm just stoked that he's um you know 
the legacy, you know, this is the legacy um, moment for him. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm happy for Mark Hamill. I think it's cool that he's back in the, 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 the mix um, in the spotlight. Mm. He's a good dude. Good on you, Mark. Look at him there. Look at yeah. Him. He's looking at Look me. Look at him go. Um, all right. So before we cap everything off, um, we usually have a little question of the week. Um, I'm going to ask you, do you guys have a go-to original soundtrack, original movie soundtrack that you think is just not only fits mm. the movie really well, but that you will listen to on its own? I've got one. Shoot. Um, this is, okay, so this is an interesting one because um, the, the, the soundtrack that I love is um, Shutter Island, the Scorsese DiCaprio. Oh, wow. Now, when it's interesting because this is almost like a curated soundtrack of modern classical composition compositions. There's no new um, score in this. Um, it's all um, different composers, different eras. Um, but sorry, all... so this is not. Are we talking original? Score? I, I, the original. The yeah. original question was original soundtrack. It's 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 a Is soundtrack. It like a score. Yeah. Okay. So so it's Mark Scorsese has picked and cho- chosen these different compositions from all different composers through the years and created this incredible, absolutely incredible soundtrack. Um, and I think the masterfulness of it is um, the different songs that he's chosen. Yeah. Because they're, it's a postmodernist kind of um, orchestral. It's like very interesting, um, like really dark, groaning sounds that really fit with uh, the story. So whilst I haven't really answered the original score component of it, that is one of the go-to soundtracks I've had over the years. Mm. Um, just quickly off the top of my head, uh, a soundtrack, an original score that I go back to all the time is Van Gaal's Blade Runner. Um, okay. just, I just yeah. love that. Yeah. I've always been not a soundtrack guy, a score guy. Don't, don't really get on, get on board with listening to film scores at home. Um, that said, I'll, you know, love a good soundtrack, like songs from a movie, but um, yeah, not a score guy. Um, so Lord of the Rings, ever chuck that on? No. Cool. No. I, I've been really digging lately the um, uh, 2049 soundtrack. Oh, yeah. I think it's so good. I just, I love the way that that comes together, um, particularly because of the way that it comes together in the film as well, but also just on its own. Um, but my actual answer is going to be, um, uh, oh crap. Now I, I had it two seconds ago. Um, Coen brothers. Oh brother, we're out there. Oh brother, we're out there. That's sort of like they're covers though, right? They are the, kind are of covers. Like the they're, they're, bog and, bog yeah, there's, there's, there's the, I mean like there's some originals in there and there's some covers. So I, I guess yeah. I'm not even answering my own question correctly, <laughs> but when I think of, um, kind of a go-to, a go-to, yeah. I really like, yeah, cool. Uh, okay. You know, Chris Thomas King, um, his, uh, I can't even remember the name of the song, to be honest. I've listened to it like over and over and over again. I absolutely love that song by him um, on that on that um, soundtrack. So I've yeah. never seen that movie. Oh, man, it's so good. Yeah. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's one of the only musicals that I actually genuinely enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even go that far. Right? It's not really a musical. It's it's not really, no. It's, it's um, closer... To a musical than most, but like in a tight spot. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, it's it's a real good watch. Um, just thinking about that. Sometimes I a bit of a funny, like a bit left field one. I really like um the 
Melanesian chants from Thin Red Line. Oh, guys the throat singing? Hmm? Is it like a throat singing kind no, of thing? No, it's like um, like Melanesian Islanders singing like, I think they're hymns actually, like Christian oh, okay. hymns. Oh, and they um, use Terrence Malick. Terrence yeah, Malick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh. I love that stuff. And I actually yeah. went and got the two albums of those Melanesian chants, which they used from that movie. Cool. Wow. That's sick. Yeah, it's really cool. Like, I mean, yeah, I got a soft spot for like really emotional music like that sometimes or it's sort of like heavenly and it's like yeah, yeah. but i love the sort of melanesian um spin they put on it yeah yeah and it's honestly it's like a microphone in like a, a village um square or something like, it's like, yeah it's yeah. cool I love that. authentic yeah. yeah it's good it's cool sick well that's it for the weekly show kieran thanks so much for being here man thanks for having me we'll be uh having a red sparrow of you up right now yeah. um so yeah go check that out and uh, we'll be back next week. Connor, I don't think you're going to be here next week, are you? I'm not. I'm, I'm overseas. Very um, nice. Yeah, very nice. it is very nice. Uh, actually, um, I probably won't be here for the next two weeks. Okay, okay. Um, so I think our good friend Billy from the Geek of Oz is yeah. um, filling in. Yeah. And uh, yeah, exciting time. Our, our dear friend Kieran here is actually stealing me for the second week. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taking over, man. Taking this bitch. He... he, he, he Put me through a very kind of existential crisis. It was like, you can choose between the podcast and me. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not what happened. That's what happened. And he chose me, George. Yeah. So, <laughs> you. Actually, you know, what, you know what actually happened? I think you guys bartered for me because like you gave me a message being like, I've talked to George and I can have you on this. Side. I was like, yeah. I'm not like, don't talk to him. Talk to me. Like I. No, it's time to face facts here, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, George has lent you out for the day. Like, Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, Alrighty, dudes. Alright. Fare thee well. Goodbye. Catch him.